1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to KFS study hall and playback. My name is Sean for W. Thank you for joining me today. And today I am, well, for for now I am flying solo, but not for very long. We'll get to that in a second. But uh, shout out to everyone in the room and playback that's watching watching uh shout out to anyone who is listening on on a podcast or maybe you're listening in your car what have you but if you are listening if you're watching me now we are recording this on monday evening at 7 5 p.m quarterfinals of the first ever nba in-season tournament and that's what we're going to discuss today on study hall, the in-season tournament. Obviously, we'll dive into from Nick's angle, but we'll discuss it. At, we'll discuss it from a, a macro level as well, because I want to get your thoughts, um, people in the room, about how you feel about the tournament and you know, obviously the Knicks' chances and and how feasible this will be going forward Um and some other things as well. So, um, right by myself. Um, because so my two normal co-hosts, one just had a baby and the other has finals. I'll let you figure out which one is which. So I said, you know what? I have no problem going solo, but I said to myself, you know what? I bet you there's a certain person that I know would absolutely love to be a part of study hall. So I'm now bringing him to the stage if he can figure out how to work it, but today my potential special guest host is the one the only Robert W. Cross, Mr. Cross. How are you? Let's try this again, <laughs> Mr. Cross. how are you i Mr Cross, if you are speaking, you have to unmute your mic. Can you hear me now, can you hear me now? I don't know. Have- well, I'm sure. There he is. There. But now I can't hear you.
2: Uh, okay. Here. It says my mic's enabled, but I don't know why.
1: Like it. All right. Robert W. Cross is going to figure this. So turn your stage on, Sean. Okay. Uh. Okay. Wait a minute. That. Oh. Oh. No. My stage is up. Let me turn it a little louder. All right. Well, CT Pittman says he can hear us both. So say something, Robert. CT says he can hear me. Okay, okay so okay. you can hear him. I can't hear him. I will figure this out. So I will. I will figure this out. While I figure this out, Robert, um, I'll, the floor is yours. Get anything a little on your mind? What's 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 going on? What's going on in your neck of the woods?
2: Well, it's a busy Monday, per usual. But happy to join you on. Uh, KFS Study Hall. I appreciate it. I'm excited about tomorrow night's game. I think that we're going to upset the Milwaukee Bucks, who can't defend us, and play Indiana for the uh, right for the for the mini chip. I don't even know what groups are which groups. I think that's a really confusing thing about talking about this thing.
1: There's no more groups anymore. Now we're at the uh, now we're in the knockout stage. So we as the wildcard team, we played the team. We played the team with the best record in group uh, of overall, which was the Milwaukee Bucks, but partially because we lost to them. Um, And then the other two group winners are playing each other. And that was the Celtics and the Pacers. And then on the other side of the bracket, it, well, you have the Lakers and the Suns. I believe the Lakers were the one seed, and the Suns were the wild card team. And um, and then the other half, the other two group winners were the Kings and the, Le- not the Lakers. Kings and the Pelicans. Yes. So that's it. So um, so the, yeah, that's that. So it's funny you say that. Uh, obviously, we know that you we know that you think the Knicks are going to win this whole thing. I mean you've you've been you've been talking about going to Vegas for celebrate the mini. Um, but what was your thoughts about the mid-season tournament when you first heard about it and has actually watching the tournament changed your uh, changed your uh, your perception of it?
2: Those are great questions um, in the beginning well first of all uh, like you I'm a lifelong fan of uh, football or soccer so I used to travel with U.S. soccer I was at um, you might find some footage made for U.S. soccer. That's how I hurt my voice pretty bad. So I was kind of, I think it's a European play in the longer term. I was kind of familiar with it. Um, it wasn't that jazz on the front end, though. But seeing it kind of play out, particularly in these like doldrums, I actually like it. Uh, I like that um, games are competitive. The NBA is a really long season. Into it than I would have imagined at this point. Even if it gives us a dis- as an example on extra time, I'm all for it.
1: Okay, there we go. I was talking on mute. All right. So a lot of people had um brought up the fact that you know oh if we're gonna oh you know, we, we're gonna have to play them five times this year. I'll play them fifty five times. I don't care. Like this team, I don't fear. No, there's only one team I would quote unquote at our number, and we just put them in the dirt on Friday. So I don't care if we have to play them five times. I don't care. If, and listen, if we and we have to play Boston five times because they get through, bring them on. If that means we have to play the Lakers three times, or like who cares? Let's go. It's basketball. Um, yeah. So all right. So obviously, you think the the Knicks are winning tomorrow. Um, what do you think, or what are your keys to us winning this game after losing the last time? Oh, now I'm you to my now I'm mute to myself. This pot, this show is going swimmingly. All right, Robert, there is a um, if the the mic should be red, click the mic and then it shouldn't. Uh, and there he just left. Okay, so all right, I'll tell you what, but he's coming back. Um, while we bring him back, uh, wait a minute, hold on, come on, bring, come back. While we, br- while we wait for him to come back up, I see some people in the chat discuss giving their thoughts. Um, Hawkeye, 20, New York 24 says perimeter defense. I absolutely agree. Um, it's funny, I was actually tried to- the version into the game and I saw that, um, I, I, it reminded me now, what's in here really do? Uh, I, I deem a little and redo fourth quarter. Uh Robert Robert is back. Robert, uh your keys to the your keys to us winning the game.
2: Um getting back on defense wouldn't hurt. I mean, I, I feel like um I think that we're playing some good ball recently. I expect us to win the game quite frankly. And I just think it's a matter of Consistency on defense and playing forty eight minutes, which we haven't really fully put together consistently. Um I don't know what the Bucks are gonna bring to this game. I saw that uh Boston said, um I I, I think that we'll win. I I um think that we're gonna hunt game quite a bit. And I don't you know, I don't think Middleton's been the same defensively since his injury. I I really think it's just a matter of us. I mean, we can't afford to play three quarters in this type of a game if if we want to advance.
1: You're right. Um, So I, as many of you, as a few of you may know, I bet the Knicks to win the tournament on a – Gambling sports betting app that I'm not going to say out loud because they're not cutting us any checks, but I bet us to win the tournament at plus twenty two hundred because my thinking was looking at. So my thinking was, all right, we have a head coach who wants to win every game, so he's not going to say, "Oh, this NC tournament, I'm sitting, guys, whatever." Um, we have a really good team, and I looked at the and I looked at the group, and I said, "All right, Washington and Charlotte should be wins." Um, and we can, we can beat Miami and we can just beat, And even if we lose to, um, even if we lose to Milwaukee, three and one might, might get us through. And that's exact. And that's exactly what happened. Now I'm actually pulling up the box score from that, from the, from the, from the, from the the groups, from the group game. And I'm pretty sure we remember just, just to jog my memory. Okay. Yes. Um, yeah, that was so everyone remembers Brunson had forty-five points, although he was two of eight from three, which is crazy. Um our friend, our friend Ron Alexander Barrett Jr. did not play. Uh I don't know if that was the that was the sickness or the migraine or or the knee. I think it might have been the I don't remember. Um but uh Quentin Grimes actually did well. Well, oh, GMAC Vermont says this is the first knee injury. Um Grimes played very well, and that, that kind of alludes to what you're talking about, Robert. Because they they tried to hide uh, Dame on Grimes, and Grimes did very well seventeen points, seventeen points, 6-11 from the field, five of ten from three. But then we get to Mister Julius Randle, sixteen points, twelve rebound, sixteen points, twelve rebounds, five assists, which is not bad. Five of twenty from the field, one of nine from three. Um obviously I don't think we can have that again and expect to win because I don't know. I'm not necessarily sure if uh Damon little is going to be quiet for like two quarters. Um, so how do you think, how do you think Mr. Randall will approach this game? And um, yeah, how do you think he'll approach the game? And now you're talking on mute. There you go.
2: Okay. Yeah, GMAC is helping me out because I'm in the cafe. Um, I think he'll be focused because right now he's playing good ball. He's got player of the week and he's been outstanding uh, offensively in uh, recent games. Uh, I know he he didn't really play that well in that Milwaukee game at all. Um, That was a, a bad stretch here and there with some of what was going on, but I expect him to continue his strong play. When I was hearing you talk about Grimes, I think it's an opportunity for him to get on track because you know that's how they're going to defend him. Uh, And maybe Mr. Thibodeau, who you don't want to give extra time and attention to to figure these things out. I wouldn't be surprised maybe if if we see a little bit more from Grimes tomorrow comparatively.
1: Yeah, no. um, So... I I think we will see. Maybe it'll be nice that that can give him a little kickstart because he knows he can he can take advantage of that matchup. Um, reading some of the chats, um, Ben Kim gurvey shout out to Ben. Uh, he said when it comes to keys to winning the game, shot making and point of attack defense. Absolutely agree. Um, point of attack defense. Enough said. I mean, we just talked about we just talked about Damon what he can do. Um, shot making is interesting because so shout out to um, Chief Ike on Twitter Young Uncle Phil he said this in in a space last week and it's been living rent free in my head ever since and it's that the Knicks biggest problem is that they don't knock down open shots and when he said that I actually really he said that after I forget which game we played but I paid attention to it after I paid attention to it uh, oh, it was that he said it after the Suns game, and I paid attention to that in our next two games against the uh, the Hornets and in the ins- the final group stages of the IST, and against the Pistons, and it was interesting to see how you know either team, what both teams, or whether it was the Pistons or the Hornets, they'd go on a run, cut the lead down to single digits or what have you. We call a timeout we'd run a great play out of the timeout to get an open shot. Shot doesn't go down. And then we would, I think, I guess, especially against the Hornets, take three or four possessors in a row where we'd work the ball around, we'd work the ball around, we'd get a good shot, and the ball wouldn't go and, we'd, wouldn't go, and it wouldn't go down. And it's just like, that is just like that, I always feel like that may be our Achilles heel. It's just like sometimes we just don't hit shots. Now, our shooting is better this year. I remember, uh, Jonathan and, uh, Benji were talking about on today's episode of KFS that, you know, the bugger boo about the Knicks is always not good enough. If the shooting is good enough this year, we can absolutely take a leap. Um, so, all right. So I will read some of the other comments in here and then we, I'm going to go to my next question for Mr. Cross. Um, But I mean, yes. Yeah, so let's see now. Okay. So shout making make point attack defense. Hawkeye, New York 24 also says that being said, if Giannis is going to be step from three, no team in this league beats this team. And he reminded me that, um, Giannis definitely went three for three from downtown in that game. In fact, we were that was the that was the watch party game, and the first time he takes a shot, I remember saying like, "Whatever." He hits it like, "Okay." The second time, I was sitting next to Andrew, and when he hit the shot again, and he hit it was like, "All right, if it's, if it's, if that's happening, <laughs> there's nothing we can do. There's absolutely nothing we can do. So hopefully, he goes back to being old Giannis again." Um. Let's see what other comments that we have in the chat. Austin uh, game. He also says, We win if QG, RJ, and Randall don't play like headless chickens. Yes, <laughs> we will. If they don't play headless chickens, we will win the game. By the way, if anybody has a comment, you want to come to the stage, feel free. You're more than welcome to. Uh, but if you can't, you just want to give leave a comment in chat, we'll we'll read it on air. CT Pittman, what up, CT? He says, as long as he doesn't come out playing like I'm the man, since he was awarded East Conference Player of the Week, we should be Gucci. And yes, um, but the funny thing is, and I I want to get your thoughts on this, Robert. I heard somebody say that it took a while. Sometimes Julius was still playing like his backcourt was Alfred Payton and and um, Reggie Bullock. In the sense that, like, he felt like he had to do everything himself, or he had to take on more of a load than that was, necess- was necessary. Do you feel that that was? Do you think that that was a case of Julius, or is it just like that's just who he is? Sometimes he's just like, hey, it's my turn to get out the way.
2: Uh, <laughs> I don't know what to think about Julius, and uh, I say that good, bad, and indifferent. Um, been watching, been around ball a really long time, and he's. A uniquely talented player, right? I mean, when he's going, he's pretty much, uh, unstoppable, uh, a singular force physically, athletically. You've seen some of the footwork in the paint in recent games. It's, I, I don't, I mean, if anyone can figure out what makes him tick, um, more power to you. And he needs the ball in his hands. I felt like earlier in the year that, and I, there's no way of knowing how true or untrue this is. It seemed like he was a little bit lesser involved in the offense to an extent. And in more recent involved, RJ seems to be lesser involved because like it's really kind of hard to figure out. Um, what it, what I like about Julius and to give him credit, when he's playing, like goalie Randall, you know, when he, when he's trying to get into the paint, uh, with harm, He's pretty hard to stop, right? And then if he's kicking it out to willing shooters, at at that point he's probably one of the better offensive players, one of the more impactful players in the game, and that's what we've been seeing. When when I get irritated with Julius, it's more the consistency, the awareness, the processing, uh, in the defensive side of the ball, and being a bit of an old head. Like I'm, the, it's not the '80s or '90s anymore defense isn't the same anymore, so it's hard for me to even, like, honestly judge that. But if if Julius is playing a decided leap with his three-point shooting, (laughs) like, and extending his range, the Knicks are really dangerous, right? You got Julius, you got a Brunson playing that way. Now it kind of comes down to RJ and his consistency. Um, I mean, they're really approaching something very dynamic. And it's just, a, it's just a matter. Can they really pull it all together consistently? Not worried about uh, Brunson. And in, in that regard, he's such a consummate professional. Uh, for those of you that didn't know, I was pretty involved with Seton Hall back in the day. So I'm used to the Villanova cats um, with RJ and Julius in different
1: ways. It's about their consistency. So and definitely consistency. Um, You know, so speaking of consistency, uh, so GMAC brought up something in the chat that, um, something in the chat about, and I actually knew this. So shout out to him for reminding me. Um, The Knicks are fourth in the league in field goal attempts this year that are Fourth in, f- in open in open field goal attempts. So, and open is characterized by the NBA as the closest defender between four and six feet. But yeah. they're only eighteenth in field goal percentage and those shots. So they get all these <laughs> open looks. They're just not hitting them. So it's so one that's good to tell me that my eyes are like what I'm seeing is actually being backed up by data. But yeah. you would think hopefully it will come around because. Some like you know, listen, Grimes for just yes, Grimes is going through it. Grimes is Grimes is Grimes can shoot. Um, Jalen Brunson is now shooting like 48 percent from three. Well, I don't how sustainable that is, I don't know, but like he's shooting well. Dante DiVincenzo, he's a godsend when it comes to shooting, right? Listen, Julius Julius is always going to be listen, 34 percent take 10 threes. Hit listen, you take 10 threes, hit 30 when you shoot 34 percent some days you hit two, but some days you hit six, right? And then RJ, yeah. we knew the three-point shooting would come back would, would uh reg- would regress. You know, I don't need him to shoot 40%. If he can shoot league average, honestly, he even, doesn't have to shoot league average, he was like 35%. That's fine with me. Um yeah. so hopefully that's something we can get over. Uh Hawkeye also brought up something else: the amount of threes the Bucks hit that night. And that reminded me that that night we shot 10 of 39 from three, which is 25%. They shot 20 of 39, which is 51%. In a game, yeah. we lost by five points. Um, and, and Hawkeye brings up the fact that uh, we we left uh, Marjorie on Bochamp open three times. To- dudes left them open three times. He had some shots because when Bochamp – and again, this is when we're watching the, um, at the uh, watch party – when Bochamp hit the first three, when he hit the second three, I remember there was a gentleman at the party. that was like angry, like "Oh my god, why is this guy open?" I'm like, "Me and Andrew, like, that's by design. It's Marjon Bochamp. Like, you can't take away everything. So, like, if you say if Marjan Bochamp, who is a career 34 percent three point shooter, if he hits, if he hits threes, via con dios. And that night, he went, three, he he went three or five from three. Um, yeah. Jay Crowder, 4-6 from 3 that night. Now, Jay Crowder is a better career three-point shooter. He is...
2: <clears throat> Jay Crowder... Sean just yeah. said Jay Crowder's not playing tomorrow
1: Oh, that's so. interesting. And he shot... Yeah. Well, it's funny. He's a career 34.9% three-point shooter, although he's shooting 51% in nine games this year, which, okay, that's the regression to that mean is happening. Um... But yeah, yeah like
2: TMAC is noting neither is Pat Connaughton They're both out.
1: Okay. Well, Mr. Connaughton I think, went all of two during that game. I have it right here. Pat Connaughton yeah, he was one for four, all for two from three. So um Yeah, listen. <laughs> it could like Ben says in the chat, shot making is a thing. It's like, you know, people say it's a make-or-miss league. It is a make or miss league. Um what are you gonna what are you gonna do? All right. Uh let's see now. What else we got here? I see in the chat. I'm just scrolling through the chat very quickly. Hawkeye says the free throw issues, the past four years, maybe the past four lifetimes, summarize the shot making issue perfectly. That Listen, the, the the free throw, I think we missed, yeah, we missed six free throws in that game. We shot 19 of 25, and they shot 20 of 28, which is 71, 71%. So there you go. Um, Brunson does miss some free throws in the clutch lately. Um, <laughs> Hawkeye says, I need IQ to take the text. He earned that right year one while we're in there. Brunson continuously proved they don't have the right. I'm fond of Brunson taking technical free throws. I, I, he's a pretty good free throw shooter. He is – he is – he's a career 81% free throw shooter. But to your point, it should be – it should be IQ. Like the guy who shoots like damn near 90% should take the free throws. Um, C.T. Pittman says, one would think that Julius sees the current form that works. I don't think he'll turn to that. I don't know if that guy ever left. (laughs) Because listen, sometimes you get like – Listen, national T V game against a big star. You know you're the guy. The coach is matching your minutes with his minutes. I wonder if you and, and and Thibodeau's probably gonna do that tomorrow. He's probably gonna match Tibbs' uh Tibbs. He's probably gonna match Giannis's minutes with Randle's. And sometimes you get a little, you know, you start feeling yourself. You absolutely start feeling yourself. So what can you do? Um anything else about the uh tournament before I ask you a, before I ask you a question. I have a question specifically for you that I would love to get your answer, but anything about the tournament <laughs>
2: No, I just uh, I think it's interesting. It was a good job of the NBA trying to give us something to watch for this time of year before the regular season really gets going for most people. I know that's not the case for a lot of us that are KFS peoples. We, we live and breathe every game, but I think it was a good idea.
1: Let's see this. Yep. Let's say the Knicks... Actually, let's take the Knicks out of this. Okay. Let's say... Let's say the Phoenix Suns. I right, know the Sac. Let's say the Sacramento Kings win the preseason. Win the in- win the in season tournament. Any chip? Should they hang a banner?
2: I mean, I think right, because uh, you know, to a degree. I mean, you know this because you're a football guy, right? So mm-hmm. they want it. I truly think the whole thing behind this is a European play. So mm-hmm. should they hang a banner? Uh, <laughs> I don't want to hang a banner because you're gonna get mocked for that banner left and right. Will they hang a banner? I definitely think they'll hang a banner because the NBA wants the legitimacy for this tournament.
1: So it's interesting you say that. So I was on uh the pickup game with uh Jeff Johnson from of Bleacher Report, and I asked him that same question. For me, So there are eight teams left in this tournament. Mm -hmm. Five of them have never – no, four of them have never won a championship. One of them has not won a championship since the 70s. One of them has – I did some research. The Celtics and the Lakers—they do not hang conference fight, conference championship banners. They do not mm-hmm. hang division title banners. All they hang is championship banners. And hey, when you have thirty-five combined titles between the two of you, I guess you could look down on it and say, "We honestly just don't have room in the Raptors. Yeah, listen, I'm gonna tell you something right now. If we win, if 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 not just the Knicks, the Knicks. Any team that has not, like, yeah. first of all, hang a banner. It's okay. Yeah. I, and honestly, if they want to mock us, go ahead. Because now you're, you're downplaying this that you're mad that we have a banner. And like I said, the Suns have never won an NBA championship. The Pelicans have never won an NBA championship. The Kings, I think they won when they were in, when they were in Cincinnati, when they were the Royals. Um have never won an NBA championship. They may have won an ABA title. And then the Knicks haven't won anything in 50 years. Like, I – and listen, and, and Hawkeye's talking about, like, Yankees fans. Like, I'm a Yankee fan too, and the, and the Yankees do not acknowledge they don't have anything flying that says, like, 2003, whatever, or, you know, uh, they won the pennant. But to your – I think you bring up, bring up a good point. Like, there's an error of like, – there's a there's – The NBA wants to legitimize this, and they're not gonna. I don't know if they're gonna force the Lakers themselves to hang it, but they're definitely (laughs) gonna say like, "Hey, like they're not gonna they're not gonna discourage them from it." And
2: oh yeah, I mean, I to be clear, I want the Knicks to win, and I think winning breeds winning. I don't, I don't. I mean, when when I'm talking about this, I'm thinking about Twitter, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, (laughs) Twitter is not a real place. Twitter's not a real place. But I, I kind of, I could just imagine, and and I also think that's a, I also think it's probably why the Knicks are going to win this thing. I could just imagine the Knicks winning this thing. We're all hyped about it. We all do our thing. And it's just going to be a total social media storm, but who cares? Um, yeah, I, I think that the NBA is going to want them to hang a banner. And I think it's a tournament you want to win. Anybody who's athletic and athlete, you want to compete. I don't I don't have an issue with it at all. And I think that these games are going to be fierce. Uh, I think the games moving forward are going to be pretty damn competitive uh, from here on out.
1: Absolutely. And the NBA, just, they just released today. They showed the trophy. They showed the P's trophy. The players are going to get medals. So... Look, so Ben kim Gerby says that it – he says it cannot be a banner. It's not equivalent. Use a different symbol. So I would push back on that slightly, and here's why. Because obviously – so let's take the Knicks. The Knicks have – we have NBA championship banners. We have conference finals banners, and we have division title banners. And you know something? Listen, when I was a kid, when a team won a division or they won the conference, they hung a banner, and no one cared. No one mocked them. It's just like, hey, we won this – Here's the banner in the air. Like the Miami Heat and all the Heat culture and all their garbage, whatever, they have division championship banners up there. They have conference championship banners up there. A division title and the NBA championship are not one of the same, right? Clearly, they're not the same. But guess what? The banner is the same size. Same thing for the conference championship. Like t- for me, my rule has always been. If it's celebrating something that ends in championship, you can hang a banner. Now, in, for now, the Indianapolis Colts hang AFC finalist banners. I think that is absolute loser talk. Like, hang a banner because you made the they made the conference championship game is loser talk. Um, but. If, you, if it's a championship, and unfortunately, we've just devalued division. Like, we devalued division that we devalued. I blame Zach Lowe for that, I for the war on division. So, all of a sudden, the division titles just didn't matter anymore. Um, but if you win it, hang it. And C.T. Pittman says, I wouldn't care one iota about getting mocked for a banner trophy and 500K. Laugh me all the way to the bank. They're going to laugh at us anyway because we're the Knicks. So, you know yeah. what? laugh at me because I'm doing something that I want to do. Not because, oh, I'm not hanging a banner because the Lakers won it. We're not the Lakers. We're not the Lakers. And Hawkeye says, no. to add to your point, as a Tottenham fan, well, you would want that banner. No? Listen, if Tottenham win the FA Cup, listen. So the funny thing is if you win the FA Cup, you, not only, you get. they have a parade. They have an open bus stop for the winning the FA Cup. Not, and that is not winning the whole league. So now, listen, we do not need to parade up the canyon of heroes with the end season tournament trophy. That is that is too much.
2: We're going down. Hey, we're yep. going. We're going down. We're going down the strip all the way to the seer. That's what we
0: do. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed.
3: Again, that's up to fifty percent off at mvmt. dot com. Speaking of doing too much, here he welcome. is.
1: Welcome. There <laughs> he is. I mean, dude, you you dude. Every time I see you, you're working somewhere. You were in the Bahamas. You're, you're talking to uh, 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 Mike Breen. Like you're, oh, you're working. You're doing too much. You're doing a lot. I'm, and that person is Chris Persyning. Chris, welcome to the show. We were
4: talking about um. They win this thing. What say you? What's up, guys? Thanks for having me on my own show. Yes, <laughs> uh, it's Robert Cross's show today. So that's um that's that's why I say that. Listen, first of all, amazing opportunity here for Robert to get his takes off. I love that we at KFS are a community where stuff like this is so normal. Um, I think that's really fun. Second of all, if you want anybody who's worth anything. To anybody, which is everyone on the planet, to take your cool new fun idea seriously—that you've spent time is saying I'm saying—is cool, new, and fun. And your idea, and it's so fun and cool and new. Then you need to take that cool, fun, new idea and treat it seriously. The banner goes up, and it's very simple. Why? 'Cause you, you you let's let's XJ it. Let's go to the, the other case, right? Let's let's straight up logic this out. If you don't put the banner up, fans will say, Who even cares? You don't even get a banner for that. I only care about the championship you get a banner for. All right, well, let's solve that problem. Now, do the different banners have different worths? Yeah. All right. We're not idiots. And maybe I won't speak for uh, everyone. You know, there are there are still people out there that, you know, prefer butter to cream cheese on a bagel and um, maybe they're idiots. Right. But I don't think everyone's an idiot. And I think most people understand that the NBA finals banner is worth more than the in-season tournament one. Right. That aside, if they don't each give you a banner, no one's going to care at all. No one's going to respect.
2: It. I think it's a good point, Chris. I mean, you, you compete to win. Uh, there, I think that there is an air of legitimacy to this tournament. It's obviously not the NBA Finals. We all know that people are tuning in, and my sense is these games are going to be hyper competitive, and that's what you want. That's what you want to do.
1: And um, so, Chris, do you think the because the La- the Lakers and the Celtics only hang championship banners because they're the Lakers and the Celtics? Do you know what's going to make them? Uh, he says yes. I would. All right, all right. So um, it is seven forty p.m. Eastern. The Pacers game, the Pacers uh, Celtics game, has already started. So I know some of you actually like basketball. So we'll wrap this up. Um, obviously, we all think that we all believe that the Knicks are going to win uh, tonight. Um, excuse me, tomorrow night on Tuesday. Um, I'll just go around the room. Who wins – actually, before we do that, Chris, what are your thoughts on the in-season term as a whole? How did you feel before the season? How do you feel about it now? And then I want to get your thoughts and I want to get predictions of who you think is going to
4: win each game. Before the season, I'll start there. I thought nobody would care at all. Um, I'm noticing now that people care a bit. Um, That's, to me, also – the fact that anyone cares – My thoughts are defined by the fact that anyone cares. The the fact that people out there, even just some, care about this tournament is enough for me to say it was better than I thought it would be. Um, And I do understand that now that this money is actually in front of these players, the thought is a little different. You know, It's very easy a, a couple months in advance to be like, ah, another 500K, I don't really care, yada yada. Now it's like, oh, well... 500k, I got that, got that bill coming up and that car payments due for the new Lambo that I just got because I just signed as a free agent. You know, that, that $80 million deal I just signed, uh, seemed like all I would ever need in my life. And now that Rolex looks really shiny. Um, so lots of examples out there of, of players finding their own motivation, uh, for the tournament, whether, whether they're public examples or not. Um, I just think that, uh, That's kind of it. Like I I still don't care. Personally, I don't care what happens in the in-season tournament. But people out there do. And so I have to kind of care a little, right?
1: And and the funny thing you say that because like I'm as a soccer friend, I understood I understood the concept and I was all in for it. Come on, okay, this is something else we can win. Listen, the fact that we had Mike Breen yelling bang. For three pointers in the fourth quarter in a game, we were up 21 points against the Hornets because it mat because point differential mattered. When you have RJ you know, Mike up sitting next to uh sitting next to Julius saying like, "Hey, time to run it up." Like the fact that like we're, we're we are like we are yes, as Knicks film school, obviously if we watch the Knicks every chance we get for like. There was, there was juice for a game against the Hornets in November without LaMelo Ball, and that's the in season tournament. So, there you go. All right. Boston, Indiana playing right now. It's 12-9 Indiana. Chris, who wins? Who do you think wins this game? Then we'll go to Robert.
4: I don't think there's going to be any surprise on who my pick is. Uh, the Indiana Pacers are young, fun, and feisty. The Boston Celtics are a contender. That's a discrepancy. Um I'm going to go with Boston. Mr. Cross.
2: You know, you know, Chris stops not playing Chris, right? That's okay. <laughs> I'm hoping for the dream matchup of Indiana, New York. Cause you know, that's going to be social media fodder for more than a day, especially the way, uh, our man Ubi played against Jimmy Butler the other night. I mean, like anything he does that storyline this year, I feel bad for my for my guy. It's your boy, John. <laughs> it's going to be funny.
4: There's this trend I'm noticing of uh, players who are young and play for the New York Knicks being polarizing amongst the fan base. Um, yeah. Even so much so that after their time on the team, sad and angry because they wait, they feel like so many years of their life were wasted being right that he was not good. Um, I, I think that. When you look at Obi Toppin, Cam Reddish, like this is how this stuff goes.
2: Yeah. Speaking of. Uh, that, ahead, well, I was just going to say Hawkeye is asking Chris a question about getting RJ back on track.
4: Um, yeah. So I was big on year five RJ always. Um, I think Thibodeau makes it really clear what RJ needs to do to get back on track. I'm not sure that RJ is in love. Like, I don't know that RJ wants to get back on track in the way Thibodeau wants him to get back on track. I think RJ would just like for his shots to start falling. Um, but Thibodeau is always big on streamlining his process, right? As many paint touches as possible, as few perimeter shots as possible. Um, and so, typically, sometimes takes a little, little wiggling and adjusting, like a, like an old USB cable. You know, sometimes you got to hear the message a couple times just to get things to connect right.
2: Makes sense. Wait, Sean, wait, do you, wait, you got Indiana or Boston winning?
1: I have Indiana, and I, I had that Indian- before. Yeah, um, and I had that before. Part of partially for vibes, and partially because, like, you know, I felt like, like. Like Chris said, they're young, they're hungry, they're going to run up and down, and at some point, Boston, I think Boston wants to win the game, but I mean, they're going to be like, eh, eh, whatever. Um, On the other side of the bracket, tomorrow night, well, tonight, uh, on the other side of the bracket, is Kings Pels. Uh, Who you got, Robert, and then we'll go to Chris.
2: I've got the Kings at home, lighting the beam. You know, I I haven't seen... A lot of uh, non Knicks basketball early this season. I'm busy starting a second company to fund all my super chats. Uh, if you wonder where the super chats come from, that's partially that. But I, I don't. Um, yeah, I don't. I like Sacramento at home, and I'm not a. I'm not a huge Zion guy. Not because he's not talented; it's the opposite. But I believe he's going to be consistent. Uh, when he gets there. Mm-hmm.
1: Chris, uh, Pels, Pels, uh, Pels Kings, who you got?
4: Everyone, all the NBA media members like Malika Andrews, Ian Begley, everyone was posting their tournament picks. I think the NBA maybe sent out a little memo there um, to hype up the tournament. And heading to Vegas everyone has the Kings going to that final yeah there you go <laughs> right so everyone has the Kings going to that final including the tweet that Sean just sent as a result I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say that uh, Pelicans play spoiler I'm actually gonna take the Pelicans in that game I think. They just get a dominant game inside from Zion because Sacramento has no one to stop it. Uh, so for those listening, I in Vegas, uh, he has the Lake, he has
1: Lakers, Kings in the semi, and one semifinal, and the Knicks Pacers in the other semifinal. Um, I. So I actually, so I what I did was I actually um I I parlayed because I live in a state where it's legal. I parlayed uh, means all of his first round, all of his semi his quarterfinal picks. So that pays out plus twenty one sixty four. I threw like ten bucks on it. So you know, um uh, maybe it'll give me some extra money to blow on um, more Christmas presents. Um, but uh yeah, so. We all believe in so we'll wrap up on this. We all believe the Knicks are going to win. Well, Chris, do you believe? And you are a uh, you are a as a journalist, as an objective journalist. Um, I'm yeah. not going to you. I'm not going to. That was a travel. Whatever. I'm not going to hold you. Just, I'm not going to assume that you're just going to be in the bag for the Knicks. But who do you think will win the in season tournament?
4: Again, same logic, guys. This is this is me using my. My math part of my brain, which sometimes it surprises me that it exists, um, but everyone's got the Knicks beating the Bucks. Knicks fans, media members, national media members, you name it. Everyone's got the Knicks beating the Bucks. They see the Knicks and Thibodeau's guys as being the kind of team that is, can upset Milwaukee in a situation like this. So I'm going with the lame answer, and I'm going with the – the path that for some reason is actually less traveled right now. I'm, I'm going to go with the Milwaukee Bucks. I think this is a team that has had a lot of questions asked about it thus far this season. Are they actually as good as Boston? Can they actually put up a fight against Boston in the playoffs? Can they go up against a team? Um, like, you know, with, with a lot of top end talent that can score on them inside. How are they going to work offensively? Yada, yada. I think. This tournament, I think maybe going into it, it does it won't feel like it, but I think they rise to the moment, and I think Milwaukee is the kind of team that can rise to a moment. So will the Knicks come out win the first half? Probably, right? But I can see Damian Millard and Giannis Antetokounmpo realizing to trust each other and learning a lot about themselves as a team in that literal like kind of tough opponent nowadays. Mm-hmm. If you realize some things about yourself, whether good or bad. Rob, are you going to say something?
2: I was just saying that. Uh... My guy's going against the theory of the wisdom of the crowds. So I just sent him the book on Twitter.
1: (laughs) It's pretty interesting (laughs) stuff. So we have, all right. So then who do we have coming out on the, on on the West side of the bracket um, that will face either the Knicks, according to me and Robert or the Bucks, according to Chris, who comes out of the West? I have, Mm -hmm. honestly, my heart, my heart says the Lakers, because I believe that's the dream matchup. Um, listen, Knicks-Lakers, yeah. Celtics-Lakers, Lakers-Bucks, whatever, right? Um, but my mind actually says the Kings, and I just don't know why. But I just have a feeling that the Kings might come out of the, the west side of the bracket. Uh, grab what will say to you, then we'll go to Chris.
2: <clears throat> um, um, you know, since we're all going to go to Vegas under the crowdfunding thing, yeah, it's going to be the three of us and Fuddy. I don't know who else we're going to get. I'm going to get my camera crew out there. I want Knicks Lakers. Wasn't that the championship 50 years ago? So it's going to be Knicks Lakers for the mini chip. And Quentin, Quentin Grimes is going to win us the title when Julius goes to the rim and he's going to be spinning like to do the 360 layup. And then he's going to, like, throw up behind his back to Quentin Grimes in the corner. And then you're just going to see him elevate over LeBron's stretched hands. Nothing but nylon in the next chip. Why does GMAC hate non-Vegas? We get raise money out there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're going to raise yeah, G- money. No, Robert. To the Robert has been trying to push this. We know we need to go to Vegas for the midi chip. I, I Listen, I, I'm with you. And if I didn't have a family, I would absolutely take you up on that offer. Um, Chris, who, do you, who, who comes out of the West Bracket? And then we'll do some questions to wrap up.
4: Um, Listen, guys, how like Sanix Sons be, they're going to have <sighs> that Booker should be good to go. Beal's going to be out. Um, they're kind of comfortable with Beal out and Booker in. I feel like that's a situation they've been in a lot. I've been fading this Lakers team since before the start of the season. I'm going Phoenix, and then I've, you know I have New Orleans, so I'm going to go Phoenix over New Orleans as well. Chris is just playing a contrarian. The to tournament is just contrarian city. I think it's some weird stuffs going to go down. Like, doesn't Phoenix and New Orleans versus – the Bucks and the Celtics, like what could possibly be an Eastern Conference Finals preview and then just like two random mid-ass teams from the West. Doesn't that sound like such an in-season tournament result? I don't know. I just, it's, it's going to be weird. It it's going to be wacky.
2: You can, look at, um, you can look at it the other way and say that uh, Silver's goosing it. So the next play to Wakers for the ratings, right? Scott Foster, I, I think, extend it.
4: I think they've had enough of, of the Donahue, uh, <laughs> mafu kerfuffles uh, for their liking. They got caught too recently. They did get caught. Very- will be back in 2030. <laughs> All
1: right. Uh, we got some questions in the chat before we get out of here. Um, Hawkeye asks, What do you make of the RJ can't get into a rhythm when Tibbs ho- pulls him early? Uh,
4: either one of you can I- answer. I think that. that was for me. Um, Listen, like a lot of people say stuff about the New York Knicks that sounds like it makes a lot of sense. R.J. Barrett can't get into a rhythm because he gets frozen out of the offense. And when you're watching the games through the lens of I want R.J. Barrett to score on this play, it's going to feel like that. But if you're watching the games in terms of I want the Knicks to be a good basketball team, you're really happy so far this season. And, you know, the fact of the matter is I know Ian Begley is someone who, like, Ian Begley, it would be an understatement to say he's someone I respect in the industry because he's literally, like, my biggest mentor thus far in the industry um, in my, like, what is it, four years of trying to and, and kind of, like, having my toe in the ocean of sports media. But he had someone on his show recently who said the Knicks need to get Randall going in the first quarter more often. And everyone was like, yeah, you're right. They need to get Randall going. And guess who leads the team in first quarter usage? That guy. So like, it, you know, the say whatever, but like facts are facts. And and RJ gets the ball a whole lot. He's led. The, he's been top three on the Knicks in usage like every year of his career pretty much. Like I just don't I, – I think he gets the ball enough. It's on him to realize how many touches he's going to get, to realize how to make the most of them. And – That's part of the challenge of being a young player in the NBA is sometimes you have to earn being able to get your game off, right? Everyone wants to watch the Knicks through the lens of, I want quickly and RJ to make every shot. And I can tell you guys, as someone that covers the team, it would be fun as hell. And the interviews after the game with quickly and RJ would be fun. They're always in a good mood when they play really well. Like it would be super fun, right? But guess what? If the Knicks win by eight points, because Randall shot 40% from the field, but had 28 and 20 goes in the record book as a win and the team can get to the film, move on to the next game. And that's so Thibodeau esque, right? But the the point of the, the matter is this team is trying to teach their young players how to be in the NBA by osmosis. They're trying to just be like, Hey, we're a good team. You're part of a good team here it is. This is what it's like. There's no like, hey, when you make it someday, you're going to need to do this, this, and this. No, it's like, you're here now, do it, whatever. And so when someone like Quentin Grimes, who's barely older than me, has a rough couple weeks, everyone notices. But isn't he so lucky to have an opportunity where everyone notices when he's bad instead of just like fading into the nothingness of Salt Lake City, you know?
2: Yeah. My only comment to that real quick is that and I'm as big of a RJ supporter as there is. I think early on his process was excellent, right? Like it wasn't just the shooting per se or the scoring. It was his process that everybody was kind of speaking to. And I think it's challenging anybody that's played ball to any real degree. <clears throat> when you when you want uh, to do your thing and you're you can force it. Instead of letting the game come to you, you can get tight. And I think we've seen that a little bit with RJ in recent games. He's not, he's not in that same rhythm or rhyme, I and mean, he's got to get more consistent at this
1: point. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, next question is also for Chris. Um, ben asks us, As someone, some team asks us, how is it too frustrated?
4: It's the same kind of thing, right? It's it's more about what kind of player the player is and what they prioritize, what they care about. Uh, Deuce is someone who's going to need to sign a new contract soon. So maybe he's getting impatient and would be really interested in getting playing time, but then you can kind of present it like this. Um, He's going to get his chance when it comes. If it never comes on the Knicks, he'll get it somewhere. Um, He'll eventually be paid how he should. And if he's not now, it's because he's on a team that's so good that he's not able to play, which for him shouldn't be a gigantic issue because he's such a competitor. So if you're trying to factor in like personal stuff there, yeah, like I think Deuce would probably be all right being on a reserve on a winning team. Um, You know, but the thing is, if he does want to to go somewhere where he can just go get sadly the Knicks want to have that kind of guy on their roster. So these situations in the NBA, it's such a relationship oriented business that these situations tend to work themselves out pretty simply. Um, Cam Reddish is someone who did not really fit along with what, this front office is is building and the kind of characters they're looking for. So that situation kind of settled itself. You know, these things kind of just work themselves out. As much as fans hate to admit it, um, Obi Toppin, that settled itself too.
2: It's an 82-game season. I think a lot of us are high on um, Deuce. just have to see how it goes. I think he's getting, no matter along the lines that Chris is saying. He's a real NBA player. This is now a competitive team. And when I was thinking about it a little bit this weekend, and there's a minutes crunch, right? Like, and everybody's feeling the minutes crunch at a different time. IQ, I think until recently, was under 25 minutes. Uh, some people are in recent times talking about, like, Barrett's not getting enough minutes. That's just reality of a, of a stacked team. Um, it's going to be like that all year.
1: Last question. Um, from CT Pittman, who is the most consistent team left in a tournament? Um, my answer is the Knicks. My non knicks answer is the Kings.
2: Is he talking about the Steelers and the Ravens?
1: Or is he talking about uh, basketball? He don't. He don't want to talk. He don't want to talk about the Steelers. He. Don't, oh, I'm he don't sorry. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I was just
2: setting. I was just setting you up there, Sean.
1: Yes, awesome. uh, I, I, I listen. I have. Um, I, I give. I I throw my jabs at. I've been throwing my jabs at CC Pittman and all those all those Steeler people all week. Um, this is a basketball show, so all right, let's let's get out of here on this. Uh, who's the most consistent team left in the tournament, Chris?
4: Consistent doesn't mean good. The Chris. most consistent team left in the tournament is the Sacramento Kings because they're such a known quantity. They're so clear in what they want to get done. Um, they've got some inexperience, but uh, they're, they're a pretty experienced and well-coached team that knows exactly what it is they want to do every night. They have an identity. They stick to it. They're the most consistent basketball team left.
1: Robert Cross, most consistent team left, non-Knicks edition.
2: I don't want to end my final thing to Knicks say that we're Knicks,
4: wearing, uh, You just you just know it's the Knicks.
2: I, I, I'm picking the New York Knickerbockers. To win the inaugural mini chip, I want XJ to be working on mini chip shirt design, mini chip banner, mini chip Christmas skirt for the tree, mini chip dreidel. Let's get it going, distant team. And I believe that I published on Twitter this weekend when I was waiting for study hall, and I think Chris was hungover, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, um, I th- I think that. I think the Knicks are going to go 9-4 in December uh, against this harsh schedule and under the Christmas tree when we face the Bucks and MSG, we're going to consistently kick their ass again for a second time. As, is that good for consistency?
1: That is excellent for consistency. Um, and with that, we are going to wrap up. I'd like to thank Robert Cross for guest hosting. I'd like to thank Chris Perciana for showing up for his own show, which he's always welcome to do. Um, he's the man. He's, he's the, the, the hardest man.
2: working man in show business. And, he's going I, after it's your boy John's job at the Dean Film School. Oh, whoa
1: Look! At, look at Robert trying to sow uh, dissension amongst the ranks. All right. So, uh, listen. Thanks, everyone. Um, we will Casual Friday. will be back. Well, should be back this Friday unless the Knicks win. And then, so you know what the mean. There'll be no Casual Friday this week because the Knicks are going to win. On the Knicks are going to win. Um, and but we'll be back next week. Uh, check out the pod with John and uh, Benji this week. Check out the. Check out the pregame pod, which is going to drop, I believe, at – it'll drop tomorrow um, for uh, – it'll drop at midnight with um, at, with GMAC and someone from the box. I don't remember who. Um, but – and then just Ty, Ty Windish. Oh, Ty Windish. All right. So, check out GMAC and Ty Windish. Um, the cool stuff we do. So – for Robert Cross, for Chris Percy, and I'm Sean for W. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Mix Nation, let's ride.